Welcome back to the summit. I'm here with Joe McKittish, founder and CEO of Do Work University. He's worked with over 10,000 clients in his career, and he's here to share with us his insights on leadership and marketing. So welcome to the summit, Joe. Yeah, thanks for having me. Such a pleasure to have you. So tell us a little bit about how you got into marketing, how long you've been in marketing, and what inspires you about it? Sure. Yeah. So um, what got me into marketing was I was paying marketing agencies to do marketing for me. And um, I, and I'm talking a lot of money. And I went yeah. through, I think, five or six of them before I realized that um, I wasn't getting much of an ROI for, my, mm. for that investment. And yeah. I really needed to figure it out on my own. And I have an engineer background. So I'm like, this has got to be, I mean, if I can. There's a solution. Big solutions, I could probably figure this out. And it wasn't as easy as I thought it was going to be. I thought, well, I'm going to just figure this out. And it took me a couple of years of going to conferences and reading every book I could get my hands on on marketing and to really kind of get an understanding of uh, the principles of it. And then um, a lot of trial and error. And I, I you know, then I, I got it dialed in. It took me probably a decade to get to the point where I felt comfortable enough to say I was an expert. Yeah. Um, you know, what's that, what's that statistic? You got to spend 10,000 hours at something. Exactly. You're an expert. And I, I'd say that's about how many hours I spent before I would say, I actually definitively know what works and what doesn't work. And even then I learned, I learned things today. People go, Oh, this worked for me. I'm like, really? That's interesting. So, <laughs> well, and, and things are constantly evolving too. So constantly you have to evolve as well. Right. It, it you know, I've got books on marketing you know, sitting over here that are like probably 30 years old. And some of those principles still apply, but, you know, uh, like guerrilla marketing still works. It just, the tools are different now. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. So what do you believe is the number one key to being a leader as a marketer? Yeah, you know, um, it, it, I think authenticity, right? So uh, people only follow those that they really have build some trust with. And so, um, you know, I, I like to read a lot of books on, on like war, right? Like Sun Tzu's, you know, uh, stuff. There's actually a book called War. And um, they talk a lot about leadership and people people need to believe in what it is that they're, they're going after. So, um, you know, why do salespeople come to work for me? Because this is part of marketing, right? How do you convince people to work with you as employees instead of going to work for somebody else who maybe pays a salary where I pay commission? Well, the, the reason is, is they, they're convinced of the big vision and they're, they're following me as a leader, not just coming to work for me because of the money. And it's the same thing with marketing to customers. Why are they going to work with you instead of working with a big corporation? The reason is, is they see the vision of, hey, I want to work with you because you, you've maybe inspired them or given them something or, you know, you've given that, them that inspiration. Love that. So how do you create that inspiration in someone? You know, that's a, that's a great question. And part of it's your own belief, right? A lot of people I've noticed that are business owners are focused really hard on the money. They're like, mm -hmm. I got to make money. I got to make money. got to make money. Well, that's not, that'll only go so far. Eventually you have to go. I, I believe in something bigger than the money. I'm believing in helping customers, right? I have a goal on my whiteboard. I'm pointing over there. I have a goal on my whiteboard that says help a 1 million business owners get time and money freedom. Well, mm -hmm that vision is way bigger than money. Does money come to me because I'm doing that? Sure. But that's not the big goal. So when I'm having a conversation with a new business owner, like, 
guy just texted me. He's like, Hey, I'm brand new in town. Just starting a new business. Can you help me? Am I going to get any money from that guy? Probably not. Am yeah. I going to still help him? hundred percent, you know, because my, my goal and my vision is bigger. And so because my own goal and my own vision is bigger, I can inspire others to see it. So I, I think that's a really great point because I think sometimes we're afraid to set goals or have visions that are too big. So how big should our vision be? Well, I got the 10 X rule behind me. So, you know, uh, whatever your goal is 10 exit. And, you know, my wife even told me today that my 1 million goal is too small because um, I, it's the rip. She's even talking about like the ripple effect of the goal. Right. So I help one business owner. In fact, this happened to me at lunch today. Somebody I met with 11 years ago, she stopped at my table and was talking to me and she was telling the person she, I was with 11 years ago, Joe had a conversation with me and helped me uh, see a way to get to time and money freedom. She was, and she's like mission accomplished with me. She's like, but since then I've had that conversation with hundreds of other people. So it's even people that I'm not directly connected to, you know, that are, that it's happening. And so my goal, she's, my wife's probably right. My goal of a million is way too small. Maybe it should be a hundred million. Maybe it should be a billion, you know? Um, you know, so the, I, I always tell people, people, the main problem people have, is they set their goals too small. Mm. You know, I write that, I write my goals twice a day. Like Grant Cardone says, you know, right, right here, write yeah. your goals twice a day. And I look at my goals and every day I do a filter. I'm like, is this goal too small? And um, because it's going to directly affect my activity level. So if my goal is like $10,000 a month in income, well, then I'm going to, I don't need to work very much to get that. But right. if it's say $100,000 a month in income, well, you know, uh, my mind's got to get bigger. I got to think outside the box and do bigger things, which means that I can help more people, right? The more money I make, the more I can help others. So my money goal has got to be big enough to equal that million dollar uh, business owner, helping business owners goal too. So then how do you decide if something is too big or too small? You know, I, I just really think about how much effort it's going to take to get there. And I, I think it's easily, I, I wouldn't even say easily attainable. If I think it's attainable at all, it's too small. So, um, you know, the, so like, it, let's just say that my goal was a thousand business owners. Right. I could do that in six months. Mm -hmm. But if that was my total goal for my life, I wouldn't work as hard and I wouldn't think outside the box. I wouldn't create new tools and I wouldn't, build new relationships and build new partnerships and go out of my way to just go meet new people all the time. So, you know, um, I mean, if you follow me on social media, you're going to see I'm running at a pace that people are like, dude, that's insane. How do you do that all day? You know, they're like, I watch your Facebook and I'm tired. And I'm like, because my goals are 10 times bigger than yours or a hundred times. No. Well, that's what I was just going to say. So, I mean, I, I obviously know you, so I, I know what you're out there doing. Right. But a lot of people that are listening don't, and so, you know, just give them a preview of what that looks like. You know, what, what's an average day in the life of Joe McKittish? Yeah. So the average day usually starts at like six in the morning. You know, I'm usually up working out. I've written my goals down, worked out and uh, usually had like a pot of coffee before anybody else is working. <laughs> so, um, you know, then I, I'm, I'm usually off to a networking group, either physically at one or I'm on a Zoom one. That's maybe a national one. Or I'm on one that's like somebody invited me to that's on Zoom in some other state, right? So uh, that could be somebody where on the East Coast, in which case I'm up even earlier. Maybe I'm on a call with them at five or six in the morning. I can start my day an hour earlier. <clears throat> and so I'm, I'm usually networking three times a day. Normally it's early in the morning, uh, around lunchtime, and then I have an evening one. So um, in between there, I have 
Zoom calls or conversations with people that are every 15 minutes booked out for two or three weeks. I'm booked out two or three weeks at that level. So I'm every 15 minutes, I'm on a Zoom helping somebody directly. And then uh, on the weekends, I'm recording content to help people. So people, I get, I'm gathering all this information through conversations and people tell me what they need in order to get to the next level. And that's what determines what the next thing is that I'm going to offer to them. So if I help enough people one-on-one, I go, that's math doesn't work. I need to create something where I can multiply that by thousands. Mm-hmm. So I'll take what I'm teaching people or helping people with one-on-one, create a course on it. That way, the next time people come to me and they go, hey, I need help with this. I go, I already got a course on that. So jump on that. So yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I would say I work. I always tell people, you know, my day is like a seven to seven usually. Right. So, sure. Yeah. And so how long, I mean, how long have you been doing how did you get to this point, number one? And then how long have you had this schedule? And then what have been the results of that? I know it's like three questions in one, but. Yeah. So um, I actually started my first business doing that. Um, I, I owned an IT services company and I was networking my way to success. Right. And um, I didn't know anything about networking and I had no idea to ask for referrals. It was just learn, learn on the fly. Um, all the good books on referral marketing and people teaching it, they didn't really exist back then, right? So it was just kind of run, run, run and do it and try it and hope it works. And so I was working at that pace back in the late 90s. And, um, you know, uh, it's not as easy as it is now. Now it's super easy. I can jump on a networking group or a networking call or go to an event on Zoom in Hartford, Connecticut. And I'm in Boise, Idaho. Right. Uh, um, you know, back back then I'd have to go get on an airplane and fly there (laughs) and then, you know, find a bunch of people to meet with, by the way, there's no, you know, social media. So how do you find all the people you want to meet with? So it was, uh, it was a lot harder then. Now it's super easy. So I'm still working at the same pace. I'm just being, I'm so much more efficient with my time. I don't have to go to coffee shops to have meetings, right. You know, um, you and I don't have to meet in a recording studio. Right. I can meet on, I'm sitting in my home office. Which is so, pretty extraordinary. <laughs> unbelievably good. Yeah. You know, I can help, you know, that goal of a million, I think, you know, uh, 20 years ago was unattainable. Uh, yeah. Now with technology and the way it's working, it's, it's so, I think it's actually going to be, maybe my goal is too small. So, um, and so I guess to answer your question is, you know, is it really working? It's been working for me for years. I would say, um, you know, through the, at the pace I'm going, I, I've had the biggest, network of uh, business owners that know me and I know them um, in, in our area, I've, I've probably had that for a decade. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, uh, does, and I use that to help other people who grow. So brand new business owners, they don't have to go out and find networks of people to work with. They can, they get referred to me and then I plug them into the network, right? Yeah. At the right place. So new naturopath in town, I go, great. Here's the people that are in that the alternative health and wellness space. Here's the groups you need to be a part of. Here's the leaders in that area. Here's the people that will help you grow your business. So instead of them struggling and then failing five thousand times, they can they can they still got to work hard, but there's people to guide them through. Yeah. And so that sure. so that's what I do is I kind of connect people and I do this all over the country. I mean, I was just on a call with a guy from uh, Minneapolis earlier, and it was the same thing. I'm like. There's like five networks in Minneapolis for you to plug in, plug into. It'll help right. grow your business. So. so what are some of the tools that you use for that? I mean, I know that you have kind of 
built a network of your own. But if you didn't have the network, if you had to go back and you were kind of starting from scratch, where would you start? You know, if I was starting from scratch, I would start where I started, which was at a BNI meeting. So uh, my very first networking introduction to networking was BNI. Okay. Right? And so um, BNI in the late '90s was not not nearly as cool as it is now. But um, you know, there's technology and all this cool stuff that's happening. But you know, those BNI meetings and meeting those people and getting those mentors is what kind of helped me along the way. And so it's it's the same thing now when people want to get plugged into networking. I'm usually like start with BNI and then move your way around to the other stuff because there's a lot of people in there who, I mean, their whole philosophy is give or gain, right? So they want to, they want to help you grow your business knowing that maybe their gain is a year or two down the road and they're okay with that because they see sure. the long game. Well, and so then, I mean, because, you know, we've all been to networking groups and it's like, you know, there's five marketers in the room and 10 realtors. And so how do you set yourself apart? You know, it's it's finding a niche that's completely different, right? So marketing people never see me as, uh, well, I, I think at the very beginning when they first meet me, they're like Joe's competition. Mm -hmm. But then we have a conversation. They're like, we don't compete at all, right? And then yeah. I'll put, at my last, I, I do big social events. Um, and I had one with over 100 people at it, you know, a couple of Mondays ago. And there the people who stayed late to help me like rearrange the, the coffee shop that we rented out, put all the tables back, were all marketing people. Every single person who stayed was in marketing, you know, and uh, two of them own agencies and one of them is a marketing consultant, like a uh, fractional CMO kind of person. Okay. And they all, after we got everything rearranged, they all were talking about how to refer business to each other and, you know, help you help their clients out. And that's really what, what I think we, we need more of is more collaboration and less competition. So not that competition is bad. Competition is good because it makes us, sure. makes us all stronger. But, you know, at the same time, once you've reached a certain level in your business, you got to stop competing so hard and start collaborating. And um, that's that's what gets your business past that like one and a half or two million dollars. I couldn't agree with you more, but talk to us more about why you say that. Yeah. So uh, really, it comes down to um, if you're struggling and fighting against the competitor so much rather than focusing on the customer, that's you're splitting your energy. Right. So if you're focused on the customer, you're going to go, hey, uh, you know, Pam, maybe you and I compete on one thing, but you do something better than me. Then I do something better than you. Why don't we collaborate and jointly help this customer? So that customer, instead of getting the benefit of only one of us, is getting the benefit of both of us. And so that customer's business, instead of maybe we increase their business from half a million to a million in a year, maybe we go from half a million to two million. Now they're spending more money with both of us. And they're going to refer more people to us. So our network's going to grow faster and faster and faster. You know, I, um, you know, we add two to 300 people through networking and introductions and referrals, two to 300 people a week into our kind of our sphere in our business. And we've been going at this pace for, you know, 17 years in this town. So, you know, uh, how, how, people are like, how do you get so many people? I'm like, well, you help people and then they help you. And, and then you collaborate with more and more people like you were just talking about with George, George Siebold. You know, people see us, me and him, and we're both running social events. They're like, don't you guys compete? We don't compete. We collaborate. And and it elevates both of us. You know? Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I think that if people across industries, I mean, sure, we're talking about marketing right now. But if, if people across industries had a better sense for that, they might collaborate more often. Right. Because I think that we've had sort of this mindset that we're always in competition. 
But the fact is not one company doesn't do everything right that a customer might need. And so if you can refer, then you've just expanded your network to that person's network as well. And so I love that. Um, that's, you know, I, I, I found it interesting uh, myself in my marketing career, just kind of seeing this evolution. I think slowly people are starting to move in that direction. Um, but there's been you know, there's, there's still some resistance there. I think, I think there's still a little bit of fear. And so talk to us about that, you know, just from a leadership perspective, how do we kind of overcome, how do we make that switch over to, oh, it really is better to collaborate. Sure. And I, and I can give you a, a direct example of that. So I was at a networking group and there was a, uh, a guy in there who does SEO, right? So uh, websites and SEO, which yeah. I don't do. But as soon as I started talking about organic digital marketing, he was like all like constantly trying to put me down almost with the other people in the group. Oh, wow. Um, and which turned everybody in the room off. Everybody's like, sure. we don't want to work with this guy. Right. And so you made a huge mistake, number one, by, um, you know, uh, not thinking collaboratively at the beginning. He was thinking competition. His hackles went up and he got all kinds of aggressive at me. And I'm like, what are you, what are you coming out after me for? You know? I'm like, I don't do SEO and I don't do websites. Right. That's all you do. And I don't do any of those things. So, you know, I was kind of over here going, I'm like, a, what are you, what are you talking about? You know, kind of thing. And, yeah. and so um, I played the aw shucks guy, which I do well, because I wear a cowboy hat and have a mustache. So the aw shucks okay. thing comes easy, but um, I did it because I didn't want to like return in kind to him. And I didn't want to yeah. come back aggressive towards him. You know, um, although I could have, I just was like, I'm going to let this go. And I just was like, ah, you know, whatever. Some people just don't understand. And everybody's like, you know, uh, that you, you have a lot of grace for just letting them do that to you. And I'm like, here's the thing. Every one of the business owners in the room that besides him, I helped with their business and didn't charge them for it. Right. And so, and it's not that you should do everything for free. It's that they know that I'm a give, have a giver's mindset and I'm, I'm there to help their business. I'm not there to just get money. Right. And so has that guy been back to that group? I haven't seen him. I haven't even seen him in town. Right. And so sometimes leadership is collaborating. Sometimes leadership is showing, you know, leading from the front, which is what I'm always telling our, our people. I'm like, you gotta lead from the front and show people how to do things by example. And then uh, other times it's going, Hey, um, you know, you got to ignore people who are the barking dogs. Right. You know, um, it's like uh, on my walk, I walk around my neighborhood every, every day. And there's this dog that just, bark, he barks at me every day. And right. could, could I go up to the fence and bark at him? Sure. And we're just barking at each other and we're getting yeah. So, um, and some people in the business community are just barking dogs and you yeah. just got to ignore them. And that, that's, that's usually my, ah, whatever, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> and, and everybody else diffuses the situation and everybody else goes, oh, Joe doesn't care about that. Why should we care? And then suddenly it just passes. So a week goes by, nobody even remembers that happened. Right. So, uh, it's when you keep on that attention and keep it sure. up and then you're building, you're putting fuel on it. You know, whatever you pay attention to, you get more of. So well, I don't want more of that. I want more collaboration. So I don't pay attention to that. But I pay more people who collaborate. Yeah. And I love that you say that because, you know, I think that it's easy to get caught up in things that just really take away from our bandwidth. Right. And then we're not putting that energy into the things that we really should be putting them into and we're not getting the results that we want. Right. So I think that's a really important point. So talk to us then just 
I mean, give us a little bit of a, if you were going to, you know, if you were starting from ground zero, if you were going to go out and, and try to build your business, what would that system look like? Yeah, I would, I would try and grow my network as fast as I can. So if I didn't know anybody, so I moved to the, to Boise from Houston, Texas in 2003, March of 2003. In fact, it was almost exactly um, 19 years ago. And so I moved here and I didn't know anybody except for my dad, who was, he was, he's like, I'm going to retire in Boise. And I was in Houston. I just dealt with a hurricane. I'm like, okay, I got, I'm done with this place. So I'm going to move to Boise. So I moved here and I didn't know anybody. And so uh, I moved from Houston where downtown Houston, I'd walk in a restaurant. I couldn't make it from my from the front door to the table without shaking 10 hands. Yeah. And so um, I moved here and I, I didn't know anybody and had no network and I didn't know what to, where to start with. And so I just started going to, so I started with Toastmasters because okay, yeah. I, I know Toastmasters and I've been in Toastmasters for a long time. And then I, I start then BNI meetings. So I found a Toastmasters group and a BNI meeting and each one of those groups had 30 people in it. So I met with each one of those people that, so my network was now 60 people. Right. And, and this was all in the course of about a month. So now I know 60 people and I asked for eat and I'm like, I'm new in town. I don't know anybody who, if you who were new in town, who's the three people that you would recommend that I know, you know, and that you would want to know if you were new. And so um, then I got referrals to all three of those people. So now I went from 60 people to 180 people. Right. And, and I did that in, in like 90 days. So in the first three months, my network's pushing 200 people. I now have, you know, 20, 30 paying customers and I'm now hiring a bookkeeper and another employee. Mm -hmm. Most business owners are not running at that pace and they're not thinking, hey, I'm, I'm going to have a one-to-one -one with this one person. I'm going to try and sell them something. I would right. never sell anybody anything. I would just go to them and go, go, I need to know these three people. Then I would go meet with those three people and I would ask them the same question. So my network was going like this, you mm -hmm. know, were getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. My network was getting big. And yeah. so within a year, I would walk into any restaurant in Boise and I had to shake 10 hands on the way to the table. Right. So, um, but did I have to get out of my comfort zone? Sure. I was living in a comfortable spot in Houston where everybody knew me. And then I come here and nobody knows me. I had to get out of my comfort zone and go meet people. And I had to do it with the right mindset. I wasn't desperate for money, which most business owners are desperate for money. So they try and sell the first person they talk to instead of going give, give, give. Right. Yeah. I always, I do a give, 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 and then ask. Right. So in the meeting, I go, how can I help? The whole time I'm thinking, how can I help this person? How can I help this person? How can mm -hmm. I help this person? And then I, I won't ask them for anything until I've given them three things. And then, and almost not, never is that ask for their business. Usually it's for an introduction to somebody else I know I can help. Well, and I think it's important for people to know. So you started with Toastmasters and BNI, but there's so many groups that have kind of sprung up over the last few years that you can find online, right? So meetups or what have you. So it's not just limited right. to these specific two groups. That right. And, 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 and there, you know, the problem is, is finding them. Right. So you could spend a lot of time finding those groups. What I usually recommend to people is if there's BNI in your market and Toastmasters in your market, go to those meetings and then ask them for other meetings. Right. So I've got a calendar of all the networking events in Boise right. and that's tomorrow. Yeah. And it's not, it's not even done yet. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> 
I know, I know you share, you even share this calendar with people, which I think is really amazing. And I literally have to click it off. There's so many events on there. I have to click it off so I can actually see my stuff, you know? <laughs> right. There's 400 networking related events just in the Boise area in, in the month of March. Yeah. So if you think like a bigger market, like Austin, right. for example, or Dallas or Houston or Miami, Atlanta, there's thousands of them. But finding them is a huge pain. And so yeah. you, the only way to find them is to network your way to the meetings that you want. Go to the easy ones. BNI Toastmasters are easy because they have, they're very professional. They're international. They've got websites with a list of all the events. Go to them and go, hey, what other event should I go to? And then people will go, oh, I got this other cool thing the chamber is doing next week. Let me invite you to that. And then one thing after another and you'll end up, you'll have a huge network super fast. Yeah. So, um, but, but I'm a firm believer that your network is your net worth. And mm. so if you're not networking hard enough, then you're just struggling to go get new customers, right? You know, people are like, oh, I got to I gotta go back and do cold calls. And somebody tell me that yesterday. I was like, cold calls? Oh, wow. Was this the 80s? Right. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I don't do cold calls. They're like, how do you have none of your salespeople do cold calls? I'm like, no, we don't do cold calls. We don't need to do cold calls because our network's so big, it's feeding our business all the time. It didn't get there out of, I, I didn't magically, you know, take a magic wand and go, Hey, I got a big network. You know, right. it took work, you know, <laughs> the name of my business is do work, you know, right? But, yeah. uh, not, not do work. It's do work, but you don't have to cold call and you don't have to sit around on Facebook. And that's a mistake people make. They think that they can be a keyboard, keyboard warrior and win. Yeah. It's not going to happen. You got to go out and meet people. Well, and, and that, so that was like my next point. So, you know, where does then our online network come into play? Because, you know, we do know people online, but sure. how do we, you know, sort of find that balance? So the online network is in addition to, right? So my network on, on Facebook and LinkedIn are both huge, right? So like between the two of them, I probably have 20,000 connections. Yeah. So, um, and many of those people I've met in person. Many of them I haven't, but the ones that I've met in person are the ones who do business with me. The ones that I talk to on Zoom or in person some way. I mean, it may not be like I go to a coffee shop and meet them, sure. but it could be on Zoom or we've had uh, eyeball to eyeball interaction. Right. Um, those ones are the ones who do business with me. Yeah. So if they, it, it's not the ones that I just meet on Facebook and post a link and people buy. It's right. not as easy as Russell Brunson makes it out to be, right? <laughs> you know, he's like, just make this funnel and put it on Facebook and you'll make millions of dollars. All right. You know, but he's like, uh, he's missing steps. I think marketing and marketing people are no different than any other business people. They go, here's what I'm selling. Here's where the money is, right? They, mm -hmm. the steps in between are what they're missing. I always relate mark like these plans to business plans to um, how to acquire new customers to the underpants gnomes. You ever watch South Park? There's the underpants gnomes. I, I know, but I'm familiar with it. Okay. So in South Park, there was these gnomes that stole everybody's underpants. And they had this whiteboard and it has their business plan on it. And it says, step one, steal underpants. Step two has a question mark next to it. And step three is make lots of money. Right. And so they had caves and caves and caves of underpants because they didn't know how to, what step two was. And right. so business people are no different. They're like, I'm going to start a marketing agency. Then I'm going to make a bunch of money. What's step two? <laughs> right. the part? How do you get from, I'm going to create, I, I have a digital course, an online course. How do I create that course and make money doing it? 
I got a Kajabi account I'm spending $300 a month on. <laughs> right. I got a ClickFunnels funnel that I'm spending a couple hundred dollars a month on. I'm running some Facebook ads, but I'm still not making any money. I mean, go into the Kajabi Heroes group on Facebook, 30,000 people, 29,900 of them are making no money. <laughs> right. Right? Because they think create a course and make lots of money. They yeah. don't understand that it's relationships and talking to people. 92% of business happens in, you know, face-to-face or on the phone. Right. 92%. You're, go, you're chasing the 8%. And I think that's a huge, I mean, I just think that is such a valuable point because we have been sort of conditioned, I think, the last few years to be in this digital world and to think that, you know, we can do all things there. And so I love that you make that point that all things are not going to happen there, that we really do have to connect with people because that's how we build relationships. And sure, you can Zoom with people, but the fact of the matter is you're not going to have time to Zoom with 60 people a day, but you can go to an event and meet 60 right. people. So that's, you know, that's the, <laughs> that's the way you kind of have to think about it, right? So well, this is, yeah. So this has been incredibly insightful and I am so grateful that you were here. Is there anything else you'd like to share with the audience before we kind of wrap this up? You know, I'll make that last, last finish that last thought on, on yes. the phone. Right. So you got Grant Cardone. This is Grant. Tell me we can get back to work. This is face. (laughs) You got Grant Cardone. You got Ty Lopez. You got Tony Robbins. You got all these influencers. Those people have fleets of salespeople and those salespeople you sign up on for one of Grant's free eBooks. You are going to get endlessly called by your salespeople. They're going to find you. They're going to track you down. They're going to call you. (laughs) Ty's people, same thing. Tony's people, same thing. You know, um, all of them are going to call you, call you, call you. They're going to send you, did they're going to send you video text messages. Right. Hey, this is, you know, Mike at Grant Cardone's office. Are you coming to growth con in two weeks? You know, they're going to try and sell you on the phone and all of them are, I mean, Tony Robbins event, man, they've, they've been hounding me to come to that for, for weeks. And, yeah. and those salespeople know what's up. They're professional. Right. They make hundreds of thousands of dollars in commission a year. And they're not relying on that email campaign to get the job done. It's right. addi- the email drip is in addition to the phone calls. So yeah. if you're looking at a marketing agency where you have one and you're not making as much money as you want, pick up that phone and talk to people and ask them for a referral. <laughs> Great then, advice. <laughs> you heard it here. Pick up the phone. <laughs> yep. Well, thank you again. And thank you all for being here with us. And we will see you again in the next video. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>